Hello everyone and welcome to episode two of the Horror Friendly Podcast. My name is Katie and I am joined by my two co-hosts and my wonderful friends Charlie and Chantelle. Hi guys. Hey. Hello. How are we? Good. Lockdown Lockdown vibes. (laughs) Oh yeah, thrilled to be here. (laughs) I'm on my last day of uh, self-isolation right now. Oh, fun. Yeah, yeah. What better better way to be spending it? Exactly, exactly. (laughs) With you two talking about something that scares the shit out of me. So, (laughs) Exactly. There we go. Got lots of films to watch during lockdown, though, so we can keep ourselves busy. We've got a good podcast now. Yeah, we we do have a very long list. (laughs) Very, very long list. (laughs) And have you recovered, Charlie, from uh, from episode one? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I wasn't. I just didn't expect it to get the response that it did. I didn't realize Mm. how big a fan base Scream has, Um, and especially for like our first podcast. But I think we had like maybe four days like before we actually released it from when like we went live on social media to end up with like listeners in um the the US and in Germany it's just unreal guys (laughs) (laughs) hey guys if you're if you're listening now (laughs) (laughs) guten tag (laughs) thanks for coming back (laughs) yeah thank you so much we hope you're okay (laughs) yeah we hope some people have come back anyway since yeah (laughs) Oh, we've we've had quite a lot of support from people within the horror community um, yeah, and other we podcasters. Have. So shout out to everyone. That's... Yeah, thank you so much for everyone's kind words. And yeah, it's it's been appreciated definitely. Yeah, it hasn't definitely. gone unnoticed, that's for sure. So, we uh, appreciate you a lot. So we thank do, you. and we hope you enjoy this episode as much, <laughs> <laughs> if not more. If we not more, know what, exactly. we know what we're doing this time. We're not really sort of going into it. We're, we're Hopefully. We have a plan. We we somewhat have a plan. Yeah, we'll we'll get there definitely. <laughs> but Charlie, as someone like so, you were saying you obviously you didn't realize how big uh, like a following and fan base Scream had. Have you seen the news about Scream? Oh yes. So when I was on um, the podcast's Instagram account, um, obviously, but the homepage is fil- filled up with. Um, all the people that you like <laughs> which is like all like the horror <laughs> fa- like all the horror community really um so yeah I saw that there was a lots of screen masks posted yesterday um yeah. on like the a year anniversary of when it's going to come out from what I could make out so number five is coming out in a year's time oh um <laughs> so yeah I mean I I haven't dived into the other films yet um but maybe by the time number five comes out hopefully restrictions <laughs> should be okay we could go see it in the cinema oh well, let's pray let's hope and pray the cinema <laughs> oh, <laughs> i miss the cinema so much i can't oh, wait to go back one day just stale popcorn and sitting on comfy chairs. Oh, oh no! I'm a rustling. It's when people like rustle their bloody sweet wrappers and stuff. I think 
being a child, like sitting there eating your popcorn is great. Like going to mm. the cinema as an adult with everyone around you munching on popcorn, it just drives me insane. Like oh. I want to listen to the film. I don't need to listen to your wrestling. <laughs> but I still but... love it. I still love the atmosphere. I still love the build up and you're going out. To I love it. Yeah. Good. Although we do, because you obviously, you know, like everyone does it where you sneak sweets in. So we deliberately last time we emptied our sweet packets into like Tupperware before we went so that we could take the lid off and then we didn't have to open any plastic while we were watching the film so we wouldn't make any noise. So there you go. That's what everyone should do. So we've got no (laughs) rustling during the movie. Well, I was also trying to figure out whether I'd seen the film we're talking about this week in the cinema. And I literally cannot for the life of me remember so I'm not sure if that's a good sign because it's not that memorable but uh yeah I either saw it with Tell or I guess I saw it when it came out on DVD but I was really trying to rack my brain and I have no idea so I have a funny feeling this was another sleepover one for me (laughs) another pizza party sleepover film I think we'll talk about this a bit later on but Mm. we went to see a film last year with the same actor in Yes. Um, last year, sorry, last the, year? Uh, the year before the year before the purge came out. Oh yeah, uh, with one of your favourite people. Oh, he's just um, brilliant. And so I kind of thought, oh, maybe, you know, maybe uh, we did go to the cinema to see it, but I feel knows? like I would have requested, but I just don't remember. Like same as you, but so I have a funny feeling it might have been a yeah at home with the DVD. Yeah, it was a lot of buzz when this one came out. There was a lot of, it was definitely different. There was a lot of talk about it. I watched the first five minutes of this years and years ago when it came out. I couldn't remember it. I thought you were going to say you've only watched the first five minutes of this. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) I've obviously, I've seen it, well, last night now. Um, But I did see the first five minutes of it, Mm. probably when it came out, um, before a night out where I got incredibly drunk. So I don't. Like, it's only, like, little, little tiny bits of it I could remember. But, I mean, for me, this was pretty much watching it from... Yeah. Like, I've, I hadn't really seen it before. So, talking of the film, shall we introduce the film and shall we get started, guys? We shall. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge sanctioned by the U.S. government. So this week's film, we chose The Purge, which came out in 2013. And it's based around a wealthy family who find themselves endangered by a gang of murderers during the annual purge. A night during which all crime, including murder, is temporarily legal. So Charlie, Ooh. as our novice, <laughs> what did you think? Uh, this was a letdown compared to last week's. <laughs> I won't lie. <laughs> um, I mean... Oh, there was good bits and bad bits, so I can't. Mm. I mean, I'm not going to go straight out and say it's shit because it isn't. However, the film just oh, it's just such a disappointment <laughs> to what it could have been. And wow. I know there's obviously um, uh, there's a prequel and some sequels to it, so. I'm hoping like in those it might have been done differently, but it, it set out to be like a really cool sort of idea. And then for me, it just completely lost it and just just turned into like a trigger happy slasher, basically. And then the end was just over and done with straight away. Like, yeah, it was a bit of a, a letdown, bit of a Fair soggy enough. biscuit. Fair 
it's like when you it's like when you it's like when you dunk a dis a, a biscuit into a tea and like you dunk it once like you take a bite it's like oh yeah that's nice and then you dunk yeah, it in again and then it goes too soggy and it just yeah you've gone too far like yeah power has overtaken you where you feel yeah. like let's go for a second dunk <laughs> yeah it was a risky second dunk and it didn't pay off are we still talking about the purge <laughs> We've gone a bit off topic here. <laughs> what did you think? <laughs> what did I think? I um I have to agree with Charlie. I think um I guess um I probably wasn't as disappointed with it um mm-hmm. as maybe like Charlie as a, as a first time watcher um because I guess I'd um as we talked about I'd either seen it in the cinema or I'd seen it after it come out on DVD or whatever mm-hmm. and I think maybe at the time uh it was kind of more of an exciting like idea for a film. I was looking at what other horror films had been released that year. And there were some, some, some strong, like other, other films that had come out, like um, the evil dead reboot Mm. and the conjuring and things. So there was some, there was some strong contenders, but um, I think with the film, there was no competition really. Like it it did kind of stand on its own two feet, but um, yeah, I agree with Charlie. I think um, it had an aim and I don't think it, uh, f- uh, I, I don't really think the film the film worked uh, as well. I think the idea of it is cool, um, but it it to me it kind of just cheaps out and turns into more of like a home invasion horror mm. action film by the end of it, and uh, that's kind of all I see it as at the end. So it's I guess it's a fairly entertaining film, but it's not one I'd rush back and see and. Uh, yeah, I'd seen it a while ago and I hadn't rushed to see it since. I'd, I'd kind of, you know, uh, for the sake of this podcast. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think this film is fine. That, that That is the main word to use. I think it's fine. It's yeah. mediocre. Yeah. See, I think oh, what about you? <laughs> I think it's good. And I think, I think the thing is I get more obsessed with the idea behind it and I get very into the um like what what would you do during a purge and the like discussions around it and I think that's the the weird thing about this film is it doesn't matter if you're a horror fan actually I wouldn't even call this a horror film necessarily which doesn't help our podcast but compared to like other horror films it's not in the same sort of I agree running um but I think it was it was just such its own idea that I just find that idea like fascinating and then I end up like but it doesn't matter if you're not into these sort of films you know what the purge means you know what it is like scream or conjuring you don't necessarily know what that film's about but everyone knows what the purge is about definitely even if you haven't seen it you like know like people dress up for it as Halloween like it's got yeah there's just it's it's this huge money-making franchise it's turned into this massive thing and everyone knows what it is even if you haven't seen the film so I get what you're saying everyone knows what it is in the film because they repeat the fucking premise of it like three or four (laughs) times it's just like they, they needed it to be on like that one announcement on the TV. And mm. I, I think there was actually a bit in the car but at, right at the beginning, which was quite cool. But that bit on the TV, that's all they needed. But even like the the blonde guy when he was going up to the door, like explaining it. And then it was someone else explaining it. And then it's just like, you don't need to keep explaining. Like we, we've got the idea now. Just put it out. That, 
I think because, and especially with, what do they call him? Polite stranger. I'm just saying he doesn't even get a name. Yeah. With a polite, creepy stranger that comes to the door. He's just like, you look at him and he's just like white privilege, isn't he? You oh, just God. like, yeah. <laughs> you want to smack him just... right on the nose. <laughs> but I think him repeating it shows that this is, he's brainwashed and it's, it's almost like a cult, like anyone who believes in it and the lady at the end. And they're so brainwashed into genuinely believing it's their right to kill and it's their right to hunt people down and especially that they're superior to other people it's it's so so in their heads like they they genuinely don't see anything wrong with what they're doing well I've I found this with the the dad character as well mm. um and even the, the mum up until she's stabbing him uh stabbing <laughs> the homeless guy um it, he's so brainwashed by the idea that it's it's doing good for him yeah um and he has to basically use this man as bait to uh, and let him go and get killed. Mm-hmm. But it, he doesn't see it as, as being wrong at all. Yeah. Not up until I, I can't even remember it. Like it's just <laughs> so forgettable. Some bits in it. Um, but it isn't until he's like, oh no, we're gonna fight back. That he's he's just so into this idea of, of the purge being it's for the good because it's made him loads of money um and uh, oh yeah like his whole career is based off of the purge and like he just absolutely loves the purge like i don't know anyone more that just loves the purge he's a very slimy salesman isn't he He (laughs) loves the purge so much um (laughs) so yeah like yeah he's all about that life if we quickly go back charlie you mentioned the radio in the car and this actually like i actually love how they've done that because immediately it's people like having a conversation and they even say is the poor who can't afford to protect themselves. They're the victims tonight. So they're already setting up like the rich poor divide. They're already setting up yeah. people just wanting to lock down and be protected and safe. And then people who cannot physically afford that and just can't. So they're already like very early on setting up this idea that, you know, there's there's definitely a divide in society and this is what the purge is about. And it's that whole deeper meaning of it's not just let people out to kill anyone it's specific mm. people who are going to end up getting hurt i i did also like the fact that on the radio um they used a guy who was going to murder his boss and that i yeah. think resonates with so many people because straight away you're like yeah you know what i'd, I'd kill my boss if i was able to like but it's the fact he just says it. Like, he's got no shame. It's not like, oh, I'm going to go out tonight. So I'm go- he's, he's, like, literally admitting exactly who he's going to hunt. Mm. <laughs> hunt by their own. He's just straight away like, yeah, I'm going to go find my boss. And it's like, your voice is recognisable. Your colleagues tomorrow are going to know. But there's just no shame. No, not at all. And it just shows, that, again, there's that whole brainwashing where people think this is a brilliant idea. And it's really weird. <laughs> Don't force us to hurt you. We don't want to kill our own. Please just let us purge. So going into the film, so I think what we're going to do with this episode is just kind of pick up the key points that happen in the film. Um, And if you hadn't already noticed that there will be spoilers in the film as well, and there will be spoilers for all future episodes as well. Just so I don't think we ever kind of like mentioned that, but just so you know. Um, So yeah, so... The film um, starts, well, it basically introduces the Sandon family, which the the film is based around. So you've got James Sandon, played by Mr. Ethan Hawke, Woo! who <laughs> Chantel is in love with. I just think he's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> 
you guys as horror fans as horror listeners you may have uh, seen him in sinister which was released the year before in 2012 which is a really scary film uh and if you haven't seen it no I thank would, you i would recommend you watch it it's so um, good but watch it in daylight jeez and then you've got his wife mary sandin who is played by lena Heady. Um, from game of thrones game of thrones <laughs> game of thrones um and then you also have zoe sandin and charlie sandin who are the kids mm. um yeah i mean what what do we make of the family guys what are we thinking it's they're supposed to be the whole the picture perfect family the dad's driving home and he says hi to the neighbors and then he's uh, the mum's got the make- blue flowers for the purge. Got the blue flowers. The mum's making dinner. It's all those typical typical roles. Dad goes to work. Mum stays home and cooks. And then they all sit down to dinner, and it's like talk about their days, and it's all it's very picture very cliche, very cliche picture perfect family, typical American dream family. So it's definitely setting up that whole idea that you're supposed to definitely. like these people. <laughs> Charlie, what do you think? Because you had some thoughts on um, mm. Lena Headey's character, didn't you? <laughs> Yes, I did. Um, like from the all, beginning, as in not not to yeah. the end, but like now. Yeah. So I mean, it was nice seeing um, Lena take on a different role because at the time she was obviously playing uh, Cersei in Game of Thrones, which is a very bitchy character. Um, <laughs> and for this one, she played a complete wet wipe, basically. Um, <laughs> I mean, she she did it well, and at the end, like at the end of it, where she bashes the the woman's head on the table, like that is totally badass. Um, but aside from that, I guess it kind of works that she is a wet wipe though, because what are you meant to, like? These people are just normal everyday people. Mm. Like she's a stay at home housewife that does jogging in her home gym. Like she's not made for martial arts or going around mm. with a machete killing people um so it it is nice to see like quite a human sort of response from her throughout the film like not really knowing what to do just following directions and then obviously her husband gets killed and then she's got to think for herself and then that's when you really see her um character shine and like sort of really come out of the shell but up until that moment she's she's a complete wet wife Mm, and she kind of just stares doesn't she like she doesn't really contribute much She's like, I heard gun f- gunshots. And then he's just like, well, you're obviously going to hear gunshots this- tonight. And it's just a bit, oh, just, yeah. Pick yourself up, woman. <laughs> sort yourself out. So, yeah, and then we've got the kids, Charlie and Zoe. I mean, I know Zoe comes up a little bit more in the next scene I think we're going to talk about. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, Charlie, you got him sort of chilling with his Gerard Way 2005-looking hair. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's just he's just chilling with his weird little robot thing, <laughs> <laughs> which definitely reminds me of the uh, the toy in Sid's room from Toy Story under oh the bed. Oh my god, it does oh, with the claws, not the claws, sorry, the oh, whatever the little mechanical robot body spider. <laughs> yeah, it's even down to like the laser <laughs> eye thing that is going on. It's like a complete like copy of it. Yeah, I think there is. is- in that first opening, though, there is just so much foreshadowing. Like, uh, you've got the neighbour talking about, like, comes to drop off cookies and talking about, like, oh, you know, we're all a bit bitter because you've paid for this extension with our money and just kind of, like, dropping, like, snarky comments and then being like, oh, we're not having a party tonight. Um, and then you've got the, yeah, that little robot thing starts following the mum around. So you see that angle 
where it's like her being followed and being tracked. So there's like, there's a lot of things in that opening that are definitely kind of hinting to what's going to come, which is quite clever. Mm. Yeah, that um, the, the neighbour scene, it, it reminds me of like watching an episode of like the Housewives of Beverly Hills or something. <laughs> very like sweet. it's very, yeah, just very, hi, hi, like that sort of thing. And like everyone being nice and like bitching about the other neighbours to each other. But you would definitely be nice to people's faces on Persian Night, like, oh my God. Well, I was thinking, are the, are the cookies poisoned? Like, because nah, they weren't planning on going around there, they they said. It was only that they saw an opportunity. So I'm thinking maybe they, like, pre-poisoned the cookies. I don't but know. We, nothing really came out of them. It no, was there was no... That was just, like, I don't know, American suburban neighbourhoods. They all just bake each other shit, don't they? Yeah. Like, it's that, that's a thing, isn't it? It's like us <laughs> during lockdown, just baking banana bread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but not giving it to other people, eating oh, no, it ourselves. Just, eating it ourselves. So many pictures. We're fat shites. <laughs> but I think it, I think it was just an excuse to have like a neighbourly interaction, really. Like. Absolutely, yeah. And I think it was just to be honest, that whole thing was just an excuse to introduce that character. I yeah. think. Yeah, and then you've got like James Sandin kind of saying like we've got I've got good news for all of us, and it's about his personal success at work, mm. and that kind of just tells you sort of what he's like really um and also I noticed sort of slightly later on in the film he's like I can't believe it was like last year or two years ago we could barely afford rent and so it it really shows like how much the purge has really like benefited because this is this film is um set in 2022 worryingly by the way yeah (laughs) Uh, and so the purge has been going on for a while because the purge started in in 2014 so yeah I do remember that line. I thought it was slightly more than that, but it might have only been two years. I thought it was more. But oh, maybe. I thought, yeah, maybe. I thought it was a few years before. Yeah, but like you said. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. These are one of the families of. Just poor. the fact that he used to be poor. Like this. Yeah. He is like made. They, they've like gone up. For, yeah, they've gone up for like the. Th- I was going to say the food chain. Um, but like the. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad example. <laughs> Elite for, chain? Like, the yeah, they've gone up like for the, em- the uh, multi level marketing. Um, pyramid pyramid. they're at the top of the pyramid scheme now it does tell us more about the mum's character because again she's quite she's not to do stuff and I think maybe that's because she has been poor and she does know the situation other people are in she doesn't want to be she knows it could have been them but now they're suddenly in this different and you can tell she's not convinced about the purge like she like the fact she has to convince like Charlie and sort of say think of all the good the purge does and it's like she has to kind of think before she says that and yeah. it, it's really just like Ethan Hawke uh James Sandin that just like absolutely loves the perch yeah. in that family so. he just keeps going on like this night saved our country and you're like what yeah yeah, yeah. What was his role at the beginning like in the beginning a few years like did he mm-hmm. use to purge before he had kids or yeah. well yeah they, they did say would you purge but, but, but I couldn't mm, work out yeah. how old these kids are you know like I've worked out Charlie to be like maybe like eleven or twelve, and then I, I have no idea how old the the daughter is. No, so I'd um, say I think the daughter's fifteen, sixteen. I'd have put the uh, Charlie about like thirteen, fourteen, maybe. Like eleven just feels very young. Yeah, maybe but he's very 15, talented, 15. isn't he? Very talented. <gasps> we'll come to that later because it shows at the, again at the beginning how talented yeah. he is and it's he just doesn't do anything with it later and you're like ah do something but we'll come back to him and do not yeah. do anything <laughs> so then in the next couple of scenes we see uh, them lock the house down we see the announcement which sets up the plot of the whole film and lets us the audience kind of know for sure what's going on 
And then the daughter goes back upstairs and we realise that the boyfriend has kept himself in the house. The boyfriend, Henry. Henry. I've written his name down. The Henry, boyfriend that's Henry. too old for the daughter and daddy has forbidden. Um, the, the filler character. The filler character. Up. Absolutely the filler character. There was, a, there was a fact I found out on the side that actually the actors playing girlfriend and boyfriend, Zoe and Henry, actually in real life, I forget the actress's name who plays Zoe, but she was actually older than the other than the actor playing <laughs> Henry. So this whole storyline actually, like, had it just been the actor's real ages, wouldn't have even worked. But um, yeah, so the whole idea, very protective. Dad doesn't want her dating the older boy, and then mm-hmm. we find out there's a good reason for that. Um, and the boyfriend wants to talk to the dad. Wants to talk to the dad. He says, "Man to man." Actually, can we back up as well? Because this is. One thing that keeps coming up in like the announcements and they keep repeating like release the beast and then the boyfriend and the girlfriend, uh, Zoe and Henry are kissing and he's like, oh, well, a bit more than kissing, you, but it's like, instead of I love you, let's growl. The oh, growl is God, the worst thing the I've growl. ever seen. It's the worst thing ever. However, it's literally him releasing the beast. It's literally him. That's true. I only realized it this time around. I was like, it's. It's what Good point. It's him showing he's a fucking animal, and what's about to come. I love how like you oh, notice no. that, whereas <laughs> me and Charlie were like, "That is just disgusting." Like, and I you can't do, like Charlie. I was like, "Why?" It, like the growl, and I was like, "I want to say, but I don't." <laughs> the growl, like, was the worst thing about the film. <laughs> it's oh, him releasing oh, the yeah. beast. <laughs> it's, oh, it's disgusting. I hate Henry, man, I hate Henry. <laughs> Growl. I was like, not okay watching instead that. Instead of saying I, felt, I love you, let's growl. Let's let's be unusual. But it's a no. fact also he, he avoids saying I love you back to her and it's like, oh you manipulative son of a Because he just wants bitch. to growl at her because he's a fucking animal, he's a beast. Good point, <laughs> oh, good point, Tell. Good point. So I did like so, that. I thought that as well. And then we I have thought... at the same time Charlie downstairs watching on the screen the bloodied stranger coming into the street. Played by Edwin Hodge, yeah, who was also in uh, Anarchy, is that right? Yep, and I can't know if he's in election year, but he was definitely in Anarchy. Nice, nice. Yeah, so yeah, but he's literally like cast as blooded stranger, isn't he? So (laughs) I guess we'll just call him the stranger for the sake of this (laughs) episode. So we have polite stranger and bloodied stranger. I was like, they should not give anyone a name. He Um, is literally the best thing in this film. I agree. Like, He's great. Yeah. He's such a good actor he's, he just does it so well and you can just see how desperate he is I don't even know how he got into that gated community but you can just see how like desperate he is for help and that's obviously what so many people are feeling that night um and then Charlie opens the door to let him in which I mean Charlie is like he's a hard character to like and I don't know why this something about him annoys you oh I don't know I quite liked him did you? I wish I that know. I wish that they gave him a bit more of a chance because <laughs> I mean, like he was a bit, he was like a bit more of a, a bit of like a another sort of sloppy character, but he had like the conscience and you could see that he just he just wanted to help. He was he's just a good kid. See, this is it because I I don't know. I found him a very annoying character, but I also know in that situation how hard it would be to just leave someone outside. So at the same time, you're yeah. like, you you know why he's making that choice. And also, if he didn't make that choice, the film wouldn't have gone much further. So, like, uh, but it was, yeah. But then he opens the doors, uh, or the barricades, 
And then so everything starts happening at once. We've now got boyfriend upstairs who's coming to talk to dad. We've got dad trying to find out why the barricades are opening. We've got bloodied stranger running into the house and then vanishes, just vanishes as soon as he's in the well, house. Well, yeah, it, well, that's it. He stands behind the thing. Uh, the dad pulls up the gun. And then obviously the boyfriend comes downstairs and goes, I can't remember, what was her name was again? I can't remember. Henry, the boyfriend? I, no, uh, yeah, that, 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 the Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke points a gun at him. Yeah. Yeah. James. Points a gun at him. He's like, Mr. Whatever his name is. Uh, And then it all kicks off. It's like, like, pow, pow, Would you not have asked, who are you? Would you not have, like, said anything? They just stare at each other. It's very... Well, yeah, because they're in shock. They're like, oh, what the... What, why, why is this person in the house? Why is he covered in blood? But is he going to kill us? Also, like, what was Henry's long-term plan here? Like, was he just going to, like, kill the dad and then, like, just kind of chill with the mum and the <laughs> yeah. and the son and then just they, Bye. the four of them, just kind of, like, get on with life forever? Like, what what, what was going to happen here? <laughs> so another I just, fact I did the see. The whole scene frustrates me. Another fact I did see, and it actually makes The Purge even darker than it already is, so I'm kind of glad, I'm really glad they didn't do it originally it was supposed to be the daughter that killed the dad so it was supposed to be oh, her that went after him interesting because she wanted the i think friends. i would have preferred that you know oh, i just that's just i mean oh, yeah i just couldn't i just couldn't get on with the daughter's character though like um i liked her she's sassy <laughs> oh no she wasn't she was like she kept running away she, oh, yeah, she, she just kept running again. away into like random bits and then but and yeah, then she when she got knocked out, she just sort of stood there and it was it was like, oh, no, my head doesn't hurt. Like, she's just standing there split, staring into the abyss. It's very... Just her character is just another wet wipe character. I didn't like her at all. She was very annoying. Like, this Maybe guy's just killed... <laughs> yeah, this guy's just tried to kill your dad. You're taking his side. Yeah, that does annoy me when she just... protects the boyfriend. It's like... Like no one hates their dad that much over a boy like a dad not letting you see your boyfriend. Like no one. So Henry dies basically. <laughs> yeah, because he's a filler character. He's literally just Ethan in the Hawk movie. Kills him. Yeah. They yeah. needed a reason for the stranger to get get way into the house, and that's the only reason why he's there. And it's just, yeah. So then we then have um, the strangers who were originally hunting the uh, the homeless man rock up at the at the Sandin house, and uh, yeah, we've got the just a group of just kind of like white privileged kids that just sort of like rock up at the door asking for the the, the guy back so they can they can purge their way into the night so uh yeah what do we think of that i think creepy he's a <laughs> creepy. creepy ass guy and i to be fair i made so many notes about like the language they actually use yeah me too yeah because like they never say killing they always say hunting and they always they uh they call him like a dirty homeless pig who had the audacity to fight back killing one of us and it's like obviously if you're going to try and kill someone they're going to try and fight back but they just they think that's really how dare he fight for his life and you're like no he's allowed to fight for survival I just it made me really uncomfortable I think as well because obviously the, the stranger is a black guy he he's not the only black guy in the, the movie though there's one right at the beginning outside the ga- gated community he's putting mm. flowers out in his lawn which I thought was quite thought-provoking as well because it's like oh okay maybe it isn't like 
mainly like mainly white rich class people that like support it it is some people of like different backgrounds and ethnicities also supporting it as well and, and one of the neighbors I think one of the women is black as well mm. at the end but like on a whole it's a very whitewashed cast it made me feel so uncomfortable listening to how they were talking about him it was just quite thought-provoking actually just because of how they were referring to him they they weren't calling him like a per- person they were like literally just referring to him as a pig mm. um it made me feel really sad watching it so yeah <laughs> it was hard to watch yeah and I think unfortunately the really horrible truth is that is how a lot of, like that is some people's language even now like we watch it as a film going oh you know it's a film but actually that 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 does happen and I think actually us being uncomfortable is because you know you realize it's shit that is how some people talk to especially like black people and people of color and people they deem lower than them just because they're white and privileged and it's fucking disgusting Mm. and then all of a sudden it's on a screen in front of you and you can't just be like oh it's just a movie because you're like oh fuck this is real yeah especially in the last couple of weeks what we've seen happen in america Mm. um i mean obviously there was the um black lives matter movement last year um which is still um going on to this day obviously um but i think the timing of us watching this film and with everything that's going on at the moment i think it hit a lot harder than what would have have like maybe a year or so ago before the, the events of like the past year I think like yeah. I would have obviously been uncomfortable but not to the extent that I was last night watching it it really made me feel quite sick but I think again there's other some of the other language uses like purges we are entitled and we don't want to kill our own and again that just ties into again that whole like they've all been brain they well, say they've all been brainwashed but like there's that that whole like whole idea and the whole brainwashing where they genuinely believe in this and they genuinely believe it's their right and they're entitled to it and it's horrible and I think like the fact that they're they're getting so angry over like one man who they aren't able to hunt as to say you know like mm. then they, they could go out and 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 find someone else essentially but it's because that one thing has been taken away from them it's like yeah. kind of and spoiled. took one of them yeah and like it's like spoiled brat mentality where it's like yeah. you've taken something away from us and we want it back and mm. it's they're, they're privileged enough to just go off and, and and find and find someone else um but they don't and it's the fact they 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 want this man and they at the end they obviously you know they they want the whole family in the end which i find quite interesting it's like mm. you know how they introduce themselves at the beginning like fine young educated guys and girls like Ugh. It's just all so gross. And so, yeah, so they give them, I think they give them like a the time uh, from when, because they said, oh, we can get in. Like um, James Sandon has got the security all over his house and they were explaining we are able to get in. So we'll give you whatever time you've got oh, yeah. to, I'll, I'll to find the stranger and bring him bring him back to us. Before we break in, yeah. yeah. Before we break in, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, so then it's up to the Sandon family, I guess, to find to find the stranger that has, well, he hasn't even broken in, obviously Charlie let him in. Um, so yeah, to find to find this guy. And I think at that point as well, you can almost, I think you see it really easily with the mum. Cause again, as we've said, Ethan Hawke's character uh, clearly kind of does have something where he seems to enjoy the purge. Um, so he's quite immediately like, right, we're hunting him down. Whereas, uh, is it Mary, the mum? Yeah. Who, 
immediately she like she struggles a lot more with it but it becomes to her it's not murder it's her survival and it's her protecting her kids and then like as the like as it goes on a few more scenes you can see like how people end up purging like people just every day who you would never think of end up purging because it's survival and it's them trying to protect their loved ones rather than deliberately going out to to get someone and it is weird that it, it could just be anyone you know purging so yeah i mean they 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 go off to try and find this guy so they they eventually find him um with oh, the help but their of powers the... cut out isn't it yeah they cut the power yeah sorry yeah which how is that going to make it easier to find someone they're like hurry up and find him but we're going to cut the power so you can't see mm. in the dark good job <laughs> and then the kid brings out his like weird toy story robot thing and, like, <laughs> tries and helps helps the stranger yeah. um <laughs> So you try, yeah, and then I, I don't know how they actually find him. I think uh, it's it's the girl. She goes um, and says that she's going to, oh, yeah, hide in Charlie's secret spot where he's already yes. led the stranger. And then, but the then you hear Charlie go, no, 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 and then it cuts to the scene where then the dad walks in and the stranger's got the gun to the daughter's head. <laughs> but I think it's like. I kept trying to be like E.H. for Ethan Hawke and then I realised it was Edwin Hodge as well so I kept putting E.H. and I didn't know what I was talking about but With there Ethan is a... you have like a love heart next to it as well yeah I just E.H. E- 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 <laughs> love heart CT E.H. Um... <laughs> e- for CT getting married five uh, ever because <laughs> it's longer than four ever five ever <laughs> five ever um... <laughs> I completely lost my train of thought. I'm, I'm so about, sorry. Well, it's fine. I'll just think about <laughs> Ethan Hawke. It's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there's just a bit where he's just like, he's st- like, they're staring at each other and it's just Ethan Hawke, like looking at Edwin Hodge and just like, you are going to die tonight. And it's that it's really horrible, but it, because he's so determined to protect his kids and protect, well, himself at the end of the day, that he's just willing to give up this person who could be perfectly lovely. He doesn't know him. He didn't even ask his name. And but he probably why he didn't ask his name. He didn't want to make him a person. He didn't want to. He didn't want to communicate with him because then he'd probably feel sorry for him. Instead, he's just like you're going to die tonight, so we can survive. And it's so they, they yeah they tackle with him and they wrestle him, don't they, to like get him to. And that's yeah. really distressing. I found that that so scene hot. quite. Um, you know that's when they're like he gets his wife to like press into the stranger's wound to get him to. Um, before we get to that little bit though. Um... The, the mum is obviously behind with the gun pointing at him, but neither of them are shooting. That Something's holding the, the mum character back, whether it's because he's got the daughter in the arms and, and doesn't <laughs> want to um, mm. shoot her, or whether it's just because she's maybe thinking back, she's like, actually, I kind of, like, this guy's got nothing. Like, I sort of understand. Mm. What, and again... We, we understand where he comes from, like... And again, we think she's been... They said, you know, they've previously been poor, they previously couldn't afford rent, so she knows how he like you know how it feels not to be in this lovely luxurious house um and then yeah they do like and then they tape him and but it's while they're taping him up and the dad's just like going for it like you can't stop him and then the mum makes eye contact with with um bloody stranger and at that point is like when she actually sees him as a person again and then it's suddenly like, mm-hmm. she's, like, so she's, like yeah look at what we're doing and yeah. she looks so repulsed by by james her husband and you can just see that is like he's just like oh she just doesn't love him anymore and she's just like no this isn't who you who you are and yeah it's really that's like a proper moment of like actual humanity in the film 
And obviously you've got Charlie looking over at this point as well, or who had been told just previously we would kill if we have to. Yeah. Um, and he's just, yeah, no kids should have to watch that. It's just like, I mean, obviously it's like hypothetical situations, but no one yeah. wants to see your mum stab someone with a, a bloody let, letter opener. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, and then Zoe's just there, like passed out, like just yeah. being yeah. useless. Oh yeah, it's like keep an eye on your sister. It's like she's just asleep. <laughs> but I, I did find it important, uh, important, um, interesting how the dad was like, no, the light over here, and then my mom's like, no, like keep an eye on your yeah. sister. That's um, for yeah. him, it's more important that this guy gets tied up rather than how well his daughter's doing, who is n- non-responsive on the floor, just mm. zombified. Mm. But I think that's the thing, when she actually does come back, like when she sort of comes to, even when she's opened her eyes and she's awake, she looks so lifeless because she's sort of like come to see what her dad is doing. Yeah, and then she just runs off again. It's like, oh. But she's like, oh, nothing's ever going to be okay again. And she just, you know, like watching watching anyone kill someone, it just takes something apart of you. It just takes your soul. And I think you see that in her where she's just like, this is not okay. And she will never be able to look at her parents the same again. Mm. although at that point the stranger looks really like he's just accepted he needs to die to save the kids and that's so heartbreaking well he even says yeah. doesn't he yeah like oh it's so, okay save your kids. take me out yeah it's like no <laughs> and then that is when they decide to fight so yes. many annoying points on this bit <laughs> <laughs> a revolution in uh ethan hawk's yeah. head he just nice. says to his wife we're gonna fight we're gonna fight we're gonna survive and then it turns into a home invasion <laughs> and, yes. oh, <laughs> fuck the politics <laughs> but, okay so realistically we're all in one house somebody's come in we're like oh no we have to give them up to f- survive oh we've tied them to a chair oh actually we're gonna fight would you not untie the person in the chair who's quite a big guy that's what i thought and he's he is injured killed. why is he still he, tied uh, up he is injured but he's already killed one of their people which means he's a good fighter so why the hell did they leave him tied up <laughs> i did think that, that oh, is just... so... i thought that too he just kind oh. of was like oh i won't kill you but i'll just leave you like, i won't kill I'm just going to leave you, you here <laughs> you might slow them down if they get to you first like no what have you done? like like bait yeah Almost. Do you think that was on purpose then? Maybe it was. I really don't know. I don't know if they were just being dicks or if they just maybe they were just maybe it was just in their time. Like we've got to go and get the guns. Like arm Charlie up with a gun. Arm. Yeah. (laughs) Although the daughter's run off again at this point. It's just oh, she's just where'd she go? She just like turns up at the end. I think at this point. How big is their house? So this daughter just keeps vanishing. Well, that's what. That's what the neighbours were complaining about, wasn't it? The fact that they had an extension. I'd complain too. You can never find one of your kids. Like, maybe they've got a third this, child and we just never meet them. This is honestly one of the reasons why I don't want to move ever into a big house because someone's going to be around the corner at any one time. Mm. Yeah. And I don't want to be finding that person. And also, I mean, it's America, so these places aren't old. But over here in the UK, these places got to be haunted. Like, there's going to be ghosts in these places. <laughs> yeah. They creak no, enough you. anyway. You don't need them creaking in a corner of a house you cannot see. <laughs> now, my other annoyance with this part is, yeah, they tell the son to go and hide. So he, yes. he, we've already established the son's quite smart. 
But if they're going to fight, I've got two points. One, why the hell does he hide behind a sofa but keep the torch shining so they know exactly where he is? And two, why the hell has he not set a trap? If he is this brainiac smart kid, as soon as they were like... He's got the robot. Or in his little cupboard. Yeah. Why is he not in his cupboard? Well, don't be wrong. You couldn't have fit all five of them in there. But why... Has he not been like, do you know what? We won't kill the guy. We won't sacrifice him. Why don't we fight? I'll set up this Home Alone style device crap and we'll <laughs> protect our house. Why was that never a plan when you've got this genius kid in the house? Charlie and the robot are just <laughs> like, it's all he needs in his life. All he needs is a robot. And a gun, apparently. <laughs> and a torch. No torch needed. <laughs> no, if he hadn't had the torch, he wouldn't have been found. The torch was how he got found. He's an idiot. He's not a smart kid. He's an idiot. <laughs> I, I will. I won't lie. There was a, a jump scare there, where, where the, yeah. that face comes around behind the cut. In fact, every single jump scare in this movie got me. <laughs> I wanted again, to ask you about those. I did. I, I, I did tell tell you a voice before, note. so yeah. <laughs> I did. Yeah, you got to put those voice notes in there. <laughs> I'm not being funny, right? But I've got like a handful of friends that I'd be happy to go out fucking killing people with. How do people have so many friends? Oh my fuck! And then the psycho also says at this point another horrible line that piece of filth that you are protecting exists only to serve our need to purge. Mm. And you're just like, no, he's a human fucking being. He's a, he, ah. More reasons yeah. to hate the rich white people. But also, these, these people are literally just hanging around the house. They're doing like proper weird stuff, like they're swinging on the swing. They're like doing ring a ring of roses of the garden. Yeah, it's just, I didn't it's... like that either. It's just so a bit the, cringe. The way yeah. they dressed, the way they dressed was actually based on like Manson and the fol- and his followers. Oh, oh, which now I've said it, you can see it. <laughs> the Manson family, yeah. yeah. Mm, what I did... a delightful bunch Tell of you're people coming up to base yourself off. I found so many facts on this one. Like honestly, I wish I was still in school. I could write like a whole essay on this for media. Like, but no, no, I'm an adult now. Well, they'd be asking why you're watching like a, uh, is that an 18 or a 15, this movie? It's only a 15. 15. Oh, okay. Okay. It's only a 15. (laughs) It's only a 15. 15 scares me. (laughs) May even PGs scare me. Do you know what, actually? (laughs) I have no shame at this point. There's a few Toy Story 4 scares you, and that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Toy Story 4 and 3. Both horrible. Horrible. And even one with that thing in Sid's room. No, thank you. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's they've come back. It's come back to haunt me since I've watched the purge and I've seen the robot again. <laughs> I'm sorry for sliding that into your DM. It's okay. <laughs> fine, it's fine. I forgive you. So, um, obviously, the time is up, and these these crazy strangers, whatever they're called, start running the town. They they break in with their cars, which they're also. Ready to go. Like, it didn't take a lot of effort for them to bring it all down, did it? Yeah, it comes off It really try. didn't. <laughs> These I security mean, systems, I, I, I'm on a refund. James Sandin, like, right. yeah. He said, didn't he? He was like, they look good. They work 99% of the time or whatever he said. And then his wife was like, they look good, right? Okay. They're, they're not for cool. worst case scenarios. You mean like purge, which is the worst case scenario? So he has literally just made this money out of creating these security systems that just look good. And he said, it looks good. It keeps people away. And yeah. it's like, well, it hasn't worked for you this time. He even says, because these sort of things are meant to happen in our neighborhood. And it's like, oh, you dick. <laughs> mm. 
exactly mm. it's just that privilege it's that rich privilege of just thinking mm. this isn't going to happen to me yeah but yeah then obviously they break in um and they start skipping down corridors and again another thing that i really hate about action movies in particular is when they just start shooting willy-nilly losing up all of their ammo like he shot like a whole round of ammo one of the guys and it's just like what was that for because they're not professionals and they don't have all year to practice so you know they only do this once a year well it's america they can go to a shooting Mm. range but it is funny when you see yeah, them. Like, it's America. Yeah. <laughs> it's America, tell. Everything can happen <laughs> true, over true, there. True. But it no, it is funny when you see them like skipping down the hallways and like piggyback riding. You're like, is this date night? Like, what the fuck is going on? This is. But they try what? to like romanticize it a bit. Um, Which I think. But I yeah, think with like the piggyback it. rides and stuff. But I think that's it. I think the idea is obviously these are a bunch of friends, bunch of boyfriend girlfriends like you know privileged people who are like oh let's let's go out and have some fun and to them it is normal so i think it is just like oh we'll go killing together you know as young couples do and you're like oh yeah hunting it reminds me of um you know like you get those trophy hunters that go to like africa from like america or uk like really rich white people it sort of reminds me of that now i'm thinking about it because they're going out hunting shooting down these endangered species which here is the poor people the poor elderly homeless mm. and sort of like wearing it as a trophy like it's a sport to them definitely i did just think because i have thought before but like you never see the day after the purge how many people do you reckon do you reckon they just put pictures up on their instagrams and their facebooks of like hey look at my death count like my body count like actually is that because it's legal because it's normalized would that be a thing would you want to own up to something like that, though? No, but I think that's why a lot of them wear masks. But if you run in those sort of circles where all your mates go out purging, there's probably people that do. I think I was saying, saying even on that voice note earlier, um, I was saying, how do you find this many people that you'd be willing to, like, kill with? Like, I mean... How would you trust them? Because even the, even the rich guy kills his mate. Like, like, how would you trust that they wouldn't turn on you? yeah yeah but I think that's interesting Uh, where the boyfriend is in the house and I know we've already said that's a bit of a weird line but actually there's that whole idea of actually it could already be in the house it might be that you've pissed off your sister and she's in the house with you Mm. that night and actually there is no like getting out I see your little reference to the purge anarchy there Chantel I see it oh yeah yeah so they're in they're in they are in that house they're in the house they're hammering down all the pictures on the wall oh which again mm. i will come to later on <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> because I, exciting <laughs> i i spotted some things that i i want to cover a bit later when we're talking about the cinematography okay Ooh, that's such a long word for me <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you become a podcaster <laughs> your language evolves oh it does it does but it is and it's like that whole thing they're all just being followed around the house and then I just oh it's it's Ethan yeah it's all a bit yeah this bit's all a bit of a blur to me it's kind of just like it it's really not a long film but it just goes on like <laughs> and I'm just like what's happening now yeah it's sort of a, all a bit but I did quite really like nice. how this bit was so quick I mean not so quick but how quickly it got there it mm. had good pacing up until the end of this bit um but yeah, this bit was just a bit trigger happy and a bit 
it completely to me happy. turned into kind of just like action horror all of this mm. nothing to do with any of the other reasons why it was happening it was just like you're like a home it, it was a home invasion horror to me just all of it um all of the commentary and all of that kind of just went out the window in my opinion it definitely lost the sort of political side that it was maybe trying to go for at this point and it just turned into for, for me like i saw it more as like a slasher because it's it's people going after people trying to kill him and it yeah, it it's looks like it lost all sort of like sort of uh sci-fi political sort of like thriller parts to it and it just dystopian went, sort of like yeah, yeah it, it just sort of lost it completely and just i mean like i enjoy the sequence but not with the rest like what had happened before uh, up to that point it just lost it completely and it was just Hmm. in all of this like the blood stranger he's kind of just like chilling elsewhere isn't he we don't kind of really see him until yeah where did he go actually in this bit uh it's like we said it's just this house (laughs) that has unlimited rooms this is it there's five of them i I want to see an mtv cribs of this place (laughs) near each other at all like in my house if five of us have been hey guys i'm james sandon yeah welcome to my crew jesus this house is huge but it is it is the yeah the ethan hawk in the in the games room where he's fighting them and they're using pool tables which is obviously quite a cliche one where they're putting they're smacking with a ball uh thrown off with a gun but the axe kill and i even text you guys about it because i was like that fucking axe kill is a thing of beauty where he just like (laughs) grabs it and swings it around and you're just like Mwah. beautiful love it and then two seconds fucking later sorry i'm swearing a lot because i know what's about to happen here we go <laughs> it well i think we all know what happens now walks it has been up for a fair few years yeah walks around a corner straight into a knife and you're like brilliant jabby goodbye. jabby <laughs> goodbye james well done so tell did you cry when um ethan hawk got stabbed I didn't cry, but I was still like buzzing off of the axe kill. So I was, okay, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> but also, you know, it's. I think it's in his contract that if he's in a horror film, he has to die because it's just <laughs> fucking happening. But, right, spoiler alert! Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers for me. Spoilers thank for you. Every other Ethan Hawke film. Oh no! <gasps> God, I'm joking. I'm joking. I haven't seen every Ethan Hawke film. Like it was just a joke. Um, I know, but you've seen some that you want me to watch later on. So now I'm uh, like, uh, oh, that'll great. be a long time away. Don't worry. But, oh, yeah, and then it just happens and you're yeah, like... straight into a knife, yeah. And, you know, I'm going to praise this bit because I... um Maybe maybe you guys disagree, but I, I didn't see this coming, to be fair. Like, when no. I, I think I remember when I first watched it, I thought, like, it would be kind of just, like, a happy ending with, with all four of them. So I actually kind of liked that it was a bit different. Maybe I sh- maybe it's something that was, like, an obvious thing that was going to happen, but to me, I, I, I guess I, I quite like that bit. I think, I think people been... wanted to see their revenge of... <laughs> like this character because he was such a slimy salesman and like to I mean obviously like he comes to his conscience it's like mm-hmm. yeah we've got to fight back but it, yeah but it's kind it's of almost too like, late yeah 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 but I think it would have been it would have been very unrealistic had the whole family died and lived happily ever after so I actually think as much as I expected that to happen the fact that he died did make it a bit more like real like they were obviously being hunted in this ginormous house, but still closed proximity. <laughs> so the chance of one of them going down was yeah. was going to happen. Okay, so then we have the beauty that is Ethan Hawke. He's now slowly dying. And you just you just, you just want him to survive, but he doesn't. Um, but yeah, he's, he ends up on the stairs with the wife and the son. And then they're all like holding on to him. And then you can, you can hear suddenly like 
there's loads more gunshots around the house and then you can see like quick uh they do like quick scenes and you suddenly realize like what like they're the neighbors um and then you go back to the stair scene uh and the evil i don't even know what to call him polite smiling leader stranger white boy white frat white, boy white twat turns up um and starts like basically telling the family they're all gonna die and then zoe who's been hiding for two three hours comes out of nowhere and kills him <laughs> like a badass like she's just been like i mean charlie called her a wet blanket earlier and then all of a sudden she just got <laughs> to kill and i still like, stand by her being a wet blanket <laughs> but like where's she been and all of a sudden she's like sorry she's I was been under the bed up. hiding she was just henry. saving up that one good move yeah was henry still in the room when she was hiding under the bed. <laughs> I mean, we don't know which bedroom she was in. This place seems to have like a thousand rooms. So <laughs> I hope it was one of the 20 spare guest bedrooms. Um, <laughs> so now we're thinking, yay. <laughs> and then the, the son puts his little heart monitor onto dad's wrist and you can hear his like heartbeat slow down. And it's really emotional. And you're just like, oh. And you kind of think the worst is over. The neighbors are here. And then plot twist. What's the line? You're ours, not theirs. And then they drag the dad away, which is so fucking mm. weird. Um, it's, they want to get him out of the way. He's already they dead. They want him out of the way. And it's just like, well, they're like, well there's three of, the, three of you left. Yeah. That will have to do. And they start like uh, tying their wrists together and their ankles or just their wrists. I'm not sure. Not but at sure. This, uh, and at this point, it doesn't look good for them, does it? Not look good. It doesn't look good. But it also makes you realise that the purge, although everything's legal, actually there's no age restriction. So them killing children, and even children killing people, is okay on this mm. night. Which is, again, another just... Yeah, that's a good point. Um, well, even down to, obviously, rape, rape's legal. Um, when they're going through the house, the strangers, he points at the girl um, on... Uh, a daughter on, on one of the photos and says, save that one for me. Ugh. And it's just, you're, you're thinking, like, pedos in prison, even, that, like, to this day, get the shit kicked out of them for being pedos. Why is his friends not being like, oh, actually, she looks a bit too young for you? Like, what? why is it all of a sudden right to be raping a schoolgirl? Like, it's just, it seems yeah. very, very off. It's just that extra layer of this is really fucked up. Mm. And so, like, the neighbours are getting salty and they want to kill the family because they're jealous of the, the new extension. Mm. But you sh they shouldn't be jealous. The house is too big. <laughs> the house is too big. And it's not like they're living in little houses. Like... Their houses are massive as well. But like, this was another problem I had with it. So was that the only reason why they wanted to kill them? It's because they yeah, were just getting yeah. all the attention and the success. Okay. Yeah, so it all that, comes down. That just it all comes down to money, which is just pathetic. And yeah, oh, so sad. So they're about what to they, do it. <laughs> what, what, and again, what they don't know. <laughs> they all start like fucking chant. So I keep swearing. They all start like chanting before because they're like, "I'll stab first, and then we'll take it in turns." And they start like saying a prayer. And it's like, again, I keep saying it, but that whole brainwashing cult thing where they all think, like, mm. like, yeah, like, oh, if we say this prayer, it makes it okay. And then the hero. <gasps> hero. He comes out from one of the bedrooms. <laughs> yeah, he was also under a bed. Another, another bedroom. <laughs> or someone's on the suite, probably. Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> their third attic. But he comes out, I actually put, he goes from victim to the motherfucking hero. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but also, he looks at Mary and he's like, it's your call, because he's not in this just to kill for the sake of killing. Like, well, he does kill a couple of people. Uh, yeah, but like to self-defend at this point, he's got them held and he's like, I can, we can tell them to leave or we can kill them. So he actually gives her that choice and it's not, it has to be death. Like he, it's not that it has to be. He's just, and I think this is, this is kind of where in the plot where like it, it turns into more like Mary's film where yeah. like she just takes control of this film a lot more, um, obviously, because she's now like the, the main character. And I think that's kind of like the best time you see her in. Her, um, Lena's acting at this point is phenomenal. Like when she's like, you can like feel just how desperate she is for, for just yeah. to hug her children. Yeah. And just be like, try and support them through this uh, moment in there. Mm-hmm. Very near end of life. Um, yeah. Bit. And it's, it's, I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> as a mother myself, um, like it is somewhat heartbreaking. Like just imagining being in that situation where you, your kids are probably about to be murdered in front of you. Mm. Just there's nothing you can do to save them. Yeah, and mm. like them denying you, for, like to even be able to like touch them, like yeah, she's like, that. please just give me my hands. Let me like hold their hands. Let me hold my children. Like yeah. Oh. And even like to the point where he says, like, this is your choice if if I kill them or not. Like she is totally in control, I think, from mm. from now until the end of the film, really. And I think that's yeah. a really good switch. So I like that about the film. I think that, that that's good. I think um they they kind of like turn that character into something more than just the wife. So I like that. Yeah. 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 Th- this is what I'd say with my tea dunkin'. Um, this is the tea that hasn't got any biscuit in, so you're drinking the tea and it's <laughs> which, getting good. Which is a but bad, it's coming yeah. up, it's coming up to the soggy biscuit bits at the end. Yeah, and that's not what you want. <laughs> no, I, do no. I do think it's funny though that when they like the um, the neighbors are like, just kill us quickly, and then she's like, no more death. Yeah, to-. they almost look disappointed that they haven't been purged, and you're like, what? <laughs> you're, it's not, not the right way. It's not the right like. No, goes against the system. Yeah. And then she just makes them they're so dedicated to it that they're like, I would rather die by the purge than like live through it and kind of has almost cheated it. How uncomfortable must that be? What do you mean? Like just to be like, oh I just tried to kill you. And And your teenage children. Yeah. And we were going to look at you. But (laughs) not only that, but we were going to take it in turns to stab you to death. And then they have the like, and they turn around. And they're like, "Just kill us quickly!" Like, no, 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 no! You don't get that. You just what? No. <laughs> like, yeah. You can't request that. So yeah, so she makes the decision not to kill them, and they're just they sit in their kitchen all together, and just wait out the purge. Uh, oh, yeah. I would not want to be in that room. It's so uncomfortable. It's so, so uncomfortable. So tense. Yeah. It's and just... then the beauty, the scene, the scene, and it only lasts like less than ten seconds, and it's beautiful. And I feel like Charlie said, like it, it just kind of like um, it's a bit of redemption for the film. I think it's it's a it's a good scene for the film. <laughs> I think that's what it needed. It, it needed it. It definitely needed it. So we're talking yeah. about obviously where Mary 
smacks uh oh god what's the neighbor's name i can't remember mrs something tries to take the gun and so grace Grace. one of the housewives grace the, the one with the cookies is she uh she, yeah grace <laughs> she tries to take the gun and mary smashes the barrel of the gun into her nose or into her face and then smashes her face into the table and just screams at her like i said no more killing tonight is that so hard or something like that and she's just sat covered in blood waiting for this siren in such pain and it's like cool that was badass <laughs> like, yeah it's oh. so good definitely saved the movie that little <laughs> shot there didn't it <laughs> It's otherwise what an anticlimax. I mean, even with that, it's still like a very anticlimax. I mean, it's a good because it makes you feel so uncomfortable watching it. But it's just like a oh, we needed just something else. Yeah, one last thing. Yeah, Mm. yeah. Last pal, and then she just tells him to get the fuck out of her house, and it's like yes. Why did her and the um, homeless guy? I've forgotten his name again. That's I think that's his name, Blooded Stranger. Blooded Blooded Stranger. Stranger. Why did they not just like become best friends at that point? Like, <laughs> like well, she did stab they've him. Got their own lives. <laughs> she yeah, did stab got... him. I did like the way she checked in on him, but we don't know his name. Like, it isn't even like a. It's like, thank you. Are you going to be okay? And then he just nods, and it's well, yeah, just like because she stabbed him. He doesn't trust her. Like, can you blame him? <laughs> I I I do wish that there had been a tiny bit like that ending scene with between them two had been a little bit longer. Mm. Or. Um... No, maybe not. I just wanted them next year to like team up and be like, we'll lock down, but you have to protect me again. Or come and live in one of these rooms. Like, we've got the space for you. Like, right. She's not lacking in space. Help us clear up because technically <laughs> it's your fault for coming in to the house and listening it's to not. the sun. It's not. It's Charlie's. It's Charlie's. Well, Charlie has got a lot. I, I reckon he's going to be grounded for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, he did the right thing by letting the guy in, so it's really hard. He did. Like, it's like, what would you guys do? What would you do? You'd, You'd have to let him in. You'd have to, yeah. But I wouldn't have tied him up and I'd have given him a gun to help protect me. <laughs> this is assuming I, I made friends with him in the first five seconds, but, you know. I, I mean, I'm I'm literally going to be hiding in the cupboard in um, Charlie's room, so... <laughs> With the robot. I don't know about you guys. I'm probably not going to even know that he's out there. I'm <laughs> I'm camping in that room for the night. Oh, can you imagine though when the purge became like a thing? Houses in America with like attics and basements must have just been like, like you wouldn't have been able to get one because everyone would have just bought them and been like, no, the basement's becoming my barricade. Mm. I know, but yeah. So he goes off and and does his own thing, and they kind of just sort of watch after the siren goes off and that's kind of it isn't it that's and then the film ends i do like though how over the credits they put like a few uh like the radio the next day so it's people saying things like it's like oh dallas 200 people purging at the same time uh i lost my two boys was a proud american now not anymore so you kind of like hear the reports coming in of like what happened although they call it the most successful purge ever they yeah they say that and i'm yeah it's like is it how do you know that and then what's also interesting, um, which also sort of leads into what's currently happening, is that they're having to turn people away at the emergency rooms. Yeah, over every there. time. And at the moment, obviously, with corona, we don't have any hospital space. That is quite literally what's happening. If you're in, like, a car crash or, or something, our ICU units don't have the space for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. So definitely hitting home a bit with that one. Mm. 
one thing I did forget to say, which again, I only saw this on like, you know, those things where it's like uh, everything wrong with the purge. And someone pointed out like, they cut the power, like the, the uh, posh twats cut the power. How the fuck were they supposed to get the homeless guy back outside if they cut the power? They can't open the system. Well, they would have left him by the front door or something. But they couldn't open the They couldn't get the door open because they cut oh, power. Yeah. <laughs> so they were like, bring us the man and then made it impossible for him to get out. And I was like, that's a really good point. But I didn't notice it. It was a, a thing that pointed it out. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck, that's really clever. <laughs> God. So maybe they did it on purpose, so they had to bring in the reinforcements and go inside. <laughs> what What do you guys think happened after this this little bit? Do you reckon the, the neighbours moved away? Do you reckon they moved away? I reckon they moved uh, away. I reckon they moved away. They had the money. Would you like? Would, if you had that much money, would you not move country to a country that doesn't have the purge? Well, you wouldn't when he was around because he made his like career well, no, out of it. But, but because he's no, but I mean, like not there. But after that experience as well. Mm. And like, also like your next door neighbours wanting to kill yeah, you. Want to kill you. But like after that experience, yeah. you'd just be like, yeah, this purge isn't worth it and leave the country. Oh, definitely. But again, yeah. that's a very, it's easy enough to say, but you have to have the money. But they have mm. the money. So. so we also thought after finishing sort of going through the film um, that it would be interesting to talk about the other films in the Purge franchise and the franchise as a whole. Um, so if you, do, if you don't know, so you've got The Purge, so that's the film we're talking about today, and The Purge Anarchy, The Purge Election Year, and The First Purge. So, I mean, Tell, I know you watched The Purge Anarchy recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, start to kind of start with that, what, what did you find particularly maybe like with that film compared to the one we're talking about today like was there like a big differences or because I have seen the film but but not for a while so yeah it'd be interesting to get your thoughts so this one's a lot different in the fact that instead of being in someone's house we're actually out on the streets um and you're seeing people kind of like um fighting for their lives I think the thing these films always do is they show you the purge from the perspective of people who wouldn't primarily join in like I think there is obviously one or two characters that turn up that are there to purge, but normally it's people kind of caught in bad situations because I suppose they're trying to relate to the majority of society. Um, so you see these people like desperately trying to get through the streets and survive and get through the night. Um, but I think within that as well, there's a lot more of a sort of political angle and you see a lot more, um, you see how they call it, how the rich purge, which I think, is just it opens up again a whole other thought process and a whole other can of worms of actually if you're really really rich and you don't want to go out onto the streets but they still want to purge like the ways that they've adapted the purge to work for them and it's just so sadistic and so oh it's like again it's just hunting people and it's people purely in the world for them to hunt and them to kill and it's for their pleasure and it's completely regardless of these people's lives or their thoughts or who they are or what they do and anything Mm. it's it really like the anarchy film shows you quite a bit of that uh i think it does show you somebody who wants to purge and then but but their reasonings behind wanting to purge so it's not necessarily that they just want to kill like what their reasons are why are they out on the street why are they risking their own lives because they so desperately want to go hurt someone else Mm. and i think um I think also, so following on from that, like the purge election year, Mm. I think fans kind of started to get a bit 
irritated that it was getting so political but it's called election year like it was released the same year <laughs> as the 2016 election like mm-hmm. it's they released that the same year for that reason you know of course they did and um you know even that you know I mean I've seen that film but but not for a while and it's like of course it's political of course that, that that's obviously what they're, they're trying to do it was an election it's, it's about this person that's trying to run for for president mm-hmm. to get rid of the purge and it's just like how can it not sort of be political at times? <laughs> I think you can't think about the Purge films and not think about them politically because it, like, whether you're watching them as entertainment or not, you're there is such a message about like different classes and how people treat each other and people treating different races uh, like differently and appallingly. And there is there is a lot of social commentary around that. And whether people like people saying, oh, you know, it's too political. You're like the whole the whole franchise is political. Like there is no question about that it is a political film yeah yeah and talking of that I think um I think well personally I think the the first purge is 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 perhaps (laughs) maybe uh a a lot different I think and I I think thinking back at it I was comparing it to obviously the purge so the Mm. film we're talking about today um and it, it is different I mean first of all it's it's the first film to be directed by someone else. So yeah. the first three films were directed by James DeMonaco. And then, so then Gerard McMurray's come in onto the scene and is directing the first purge. And it's also the first film to also have like an entire main cast of, of, of people of color. I think overall in the purge franchise, you know, they, they do cast that it is more of a diverse cast, but it's the first films for the main characters and the, and the, the heroes to be all, all people of color. And I think that's, mm-hmm um you know like they're the villain and um, they're the heroes and then the villains are like the the founding fathers you know the scummy sort of white white men in in government um and I think the first purge had more of a like direct political aim perhaps mm. than the others and it had more of a message and it seemed like the director sort of took his own political um views and values and sort of put them into his own film yeah and like you know McMurray said himself he only accepted to direct the film because it was a um, it was a prequel and it was something he could make his own as like a standalone film and in an interview he said that like he wants to show what it's like for a, for a black person and for people of color on purge night and it sort of seems like he wants to show the horrors of of real life america and sort of put them onto the screen yeah and i think it well first of all i think it's important to stress that as you know as as three white viewers trying to get this experience of a black person, people um, of color in America is impossible. There is no way that we can even remotely understand or, or know what that's like. But I think it was more down to what he wanted to do with the film. Yeah, I think, and comparing that with James DeMonaco's The Purge that we're watching today, I think, I mean, he, he said so himself, um, James DeMonaco in interviews that, if you think of the purge as something is just entertainment value, that's fine. If you also think of it as something more political, that's also fine. So he was kind of just like, I'll kind of just take it whichever way. Whereas I think Gerard McMurray was, had an aim in the Mm. first purge. And I think it was something that was like, right in like the forefront of his mind. Um, So I think that's kind of the differences between direction in, in that sort of sense. Do, do you find, obviously I haven't seen the other ones in the, the series, um, but do you find the first Purge, um, obviously this one that we watched today, it sort of loses its political standing when it gets trigger happy. Do you find that this one 
um, sort of it, the political sort of side of it stays with the entire way through, or does it sort of drop out like this I, one has? No, I think I think it stays with that the whole way through, and that like at one point people dressed as KKK members turn up. Um, so it's staying with that racism in society. It's staying with they've chosen areas and they keep calling them uh, like low income areas and and it's all it's yeah a lot of people in those areas are people of color and it's deliberately showing you know that they have pinpointed these areas um, and the politicians are um, I'm trying not to give spoilers but yeah they're yeah it's yeah it, it's more corrupt like it's it's more okay, yeah. you get like a first hand view of it. Okay. You, you see the founding fathers and you hear their sort of agenda it, and because it's a prequel you get like a bit more of a backstory and things as well so yeah, it okay. sort of backs it up a bit um yeah but I think yeah so that's what I kind of found interesting with James and Monaco's sort of like especially the purge you know it was the first one it had a really small budget and it kind of just like it's went on to be this like huge money making franchise for Blumhouse yeah. and um and I think that was kind of just like they it really took off when it came out and that was kind of like on the forefront of their minds and then I think when there's been a few films down then you've got the first purge it's kind of like made its way in the world and really that's where like Gerard McMurray could really kind of like talk about things more politically than maybe just entertainment yeah I do have to say though how confusing it was trying to find the right Purge movie to watch because they've all got the same name and even the first Purge it isn't the first Purge because the first Purge is the Purge and then the first Purge is actually four, three Purges later and it was just I know I'm trying to like say like the Purge the film we're talking about today but like yeah it's it's yeah and then there's a Purge TV series as well I found yeah, out there so is. yeah oh. yeah Charlie like it, it really backs up what you say about like and it's just this this massive you know franchise like there's the series and um they've got like this halloween horror nights event it's a bit like sort of thought park fright night in um orlando and hollywood and you know they obviously the purge is a universal film they bring that in and they like put in purge houses and people dress up and like i said earlier like people dress it up as it for halloween and and you know people love it and like so i think maybe in terms of um comparing it to the first purge i think the purge is was definitely something that like okay we'll just put it out there and it mm. really just kind of like cemented it and it allowed it to maybe just like develop from from there so yeah it's as interesting you, as you said katie it had quite a like well considerably a small budget for compared to many other movies but it was also filmed in only 19 days oh wow which is mad i mean this house is humongous so like they had the space to do it but yeah i just couldn't believe how quick they actually got it out that's insane uh, yeah right and I was like this is and yet it's become this massive thing with a whole franchise and a series so yeah and again don't even have to be a fan everyone knows what the purge is so. exactly so Charlie I'm quite interested to hear what you thought about the soundtrack on this one because it's not like typical songs being played yes um I mean it's, it's not typical anything if I'm honest mm -hmm. so I think I mentioned before um scream last week I wish I'd listened to the soundtrack either a bit more or even before I'd watched a movie mm. just to see how it sort of like would have tied in um so for the past two weeks <laughs> I have been listening to this uh score um by Nathan Whitehead um who uh is a composer arranger and producer um 
and he his most recent work um is from the days gone um game for ps4 um where he was nominated for an award for his work on that um but he's also done i'm just trying to think now um (laughs) uh, he's also done the score for kanye which is like a gangster cat film that's on netflix (laughs) he he is a really strange wow (laughs) he is very diverse he's done desperate housewives um he also did the 2011 transformers um dark of the moon uh wow. with steve uh uh i think his name is um and he's also done uh beyond skyline as well which is like a another sci-fi movie so he's very diverse um but he's sort of known for his uh quite textural sort of scores and they're, they're always quite dark as well i mean obviously he's done Keanu which was like a comedy action film but yeah on the whole like he, he normally does quite like solemn and eerie okay um work I have so many notes on this one mm-hmm. <laughs> oh you guys so yeah so I mean this score isn't something you can listen to with ease um I listened to it a few nights before I went to bed um, and I couldn't sleep for a good few hours because I was so tense from listening to it. Um, but watching it along, well, watching the movie and like hearing it alongside what was going on, it was perfect. Like for me, the, the score has held the film together and made me feel like an anxious wreck at parts. Mm-hmm. Like I could feel my heart just pumping and like pounding against my chest because of how much tension there was altogether um it was very ambient and dark like the whole way through aside from uh the intro song where we see like the full flashbacks but I'm gonna come to that bit in a minute but yeah I mean the rest of the the film it's there's loads and loads of sampling used um I mean I couldn't tell what he was like sampling the sounds of because it was just very technologified (laughs) Like it was very drawn out and mixed up and you couldn't tell what what it was basically that it was using. Um, Mm. There is no melodies used at all. Um, Occasionally there's this bit of piano work that comes in, which I sort of worked out in the scenes that he's trying to put across this like sort of feeling of like hope and like, this sort of idea of like their, their conscious coming, like it's this piano comes in every so often and you're thinking, oh, okay, like maybe they're, they're changing their minds about things, which they end up doing. And right at the end, you hear this little piano again um, with loads of reverb and it's quite haunting listening to it because it's, it's not playing any sort of tune. It's just playing like these random notes and you think, okay, like, what's going to happen now? What are they thinking about? And it really gets you into sort of the the idea of the character, uh, of w- what is the character thinking now? Uh, what's happening next? Like, okay, Ethan Hawke is now thinking he's he's not <gasps> going to... Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. She's <laughs> thinking about me the whole time. That's <laughs> obviously, obviously. <laughs> but you can, you can sort of, like, feel Ethan Hawke's character thinking, like, okay, shit, like, what I'm doing is... is horrible like mm. maybe I should stop and then this is when the piano comes in it's like oh look he's he's got like a, a little light bulb moment <laughs> um 
so yeah the, the piano is used um aside from that there's this sort of surge of sound throughout the whole thing and it makes it feel like a pulse mm. and like it's got I don't know how to technically say it but it's like a vroom, vroom, vroom. it was a beat that's a beautiful example by the way <laughs> thank you um <laughs> And that is going throughout the whole entire film mm. from the moment that first bit of music cuts off with the uh, right at the start throughout right to the end. Yeah. It's that that heartbeat, even when they're out there getting cookies and stuff. Um, it's, it's not as prominent and obviously it amps up on the but just before the, uh, the uh, jump scares. But yeah, like it's it makes you feel bloody uncomfortable. So there's um, always a tension around that night. Yeah. Um, and another thing I noticed was um, Whitehead's use of tritones throughout the entire score, which really helped to make you feel uncomfortable and very unsettled. Hmm. Um, and tritones are also called the devil's interval um, for <laughs> those, <Ooh. laughs> those of us that um, might not know their uh, technical side of music. Um, <laughs> Um, not that there's anything against that it's just uh, the route that I went down just <laughs> left me down a, a music route um, but yeah it uses um, tritones which are um, sort of intervals in music that just sound like they don't belong and they're very unsettling to listen to um, and they sound like they're, they're unresolved sounds basically and you want to lead it either to like a a resolved note basically after so it's it's just doesn't feel comfortable to listen to and then use throughout the entire thing and it's you just you're just sitting there listening to it I mean me in, in a bed a few nights ago I was just listening to it and I was just thinking I feel like I'm going to be sick just from this surge of sound added on top of this tritone that's sustained for what feels like hours <laughs> and yeah it's just a very very uncomfortable and unsettling score to listen to um but yeah as I said for me it carries the entire film it is perfect and so would you say it's more like perfect for the film um so it's not like the best soundtrack ever but it's it's something that suits the film yeah definitely I mean it's not a orchestral like typical soundtrack it's yeah. very technology based um and it's more just sounds rather than like a melody or like violins like even yeah like that uh, <laughs> like you, what <laughs> for those that haven't obviously seen it charlie <laughs> Charlie even did the hand movements. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it was beautiful. That was beautiful, mate. There you go. That's next week's film decided. I don't know why. I that don't was know just... where you were up to. I can't help. I. I was talking Gone. about it's not like a typical horror soundtrack. There's no, I mean, I mean, not typical horror soundtrack, but it's not a typical. I know what you mean. Score like that not. you listen to. Um, yeah. It's not orchestral. There's no like sort of build up of tension with like violins like going in staccato like what we had last week. Mm. It's it's 
all very technology based um aside from like, the occasional piano but even then that's only used when it's like a, a glimmer of hope um so to seek um but yeah I mean Jesus Christ I'm still laughing about my my psycho impression I'm sorry <laughs> um, it was it was so good I can't wait for everyone to hear it <laughs> <laughs> oh dear I mean I would have heard it by now yeah oh yeah <laughs> And this is what happens when Katie's had a wine <laughs> or a beer. The beer, a cider, and many more. Uh, no, I haven't had that many actually. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, no, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm laughing so much. So, going back to what I was mentioning with that first scene, um, where we're we're watching like the previous years sort of like news reports uh the best of um some might say um and during that piece um there is a piece called Claire de Lune uh which is a really famous piece by um, a composer called Claude Debussy and I mean it's the piece is like sort of in, instantly recognizable like it's mm. been used so so many times and that piece, uh, a Claire de Lune, is originally called A Sentimental Walk. And obviously these people are walking to somewhere to, <laughs> yeah, wow. to get something going on. Um, but Claire de Lune, translated from French, uh, means moonlight as well, which obviously yeah. the, the purge takes place overnight. So there's those little links in. And it's the only piece within the movie um, written in a uh, major key. Um, so it's the only bit of sort of happiness from the soundtrack so it be and it's d flat major while we're watching people die it's the happy whilst we're watching people get <laughs> slaughtered in the the streets um and that was something that Katie messaged me about was the fact that she recognized the fact that the music <laughs> at the beginning was different so props to you Katie for picking that up <laughs> yeah no it's it was cool I liked it it was um I'd like the sort of ironic use of it. I think that mm. was, it was a cool way to start the film. So what is everybody's final thoughts on The Purge? Chantal, I shall start with you. So I, again, I quite like The Purge, um, but I like it more for how much it makes you think. I like the fact you walk away having a conversation about it. I can imagine if I did see this in the cinema, or if people did, the you wouldn't have, like, there's so many ifs and buts and directions, like, as soon as you come out. Um, and I did end up on a bit of a wormhole with YouTube afterwards. The Because loads of people had been, like, commenting that The Purge wasn't, uh, because people were like, oh, my God, could The Purge actually happen? And then some people were like, but it has happened. So I was like, what are they talking about? So I sort of started looking into it, and there was a festival of Saturnalia, which was like, it was to celebrate Solstice and the end of Dark Days. So it was around Christmas time, around the 21st of December. It used to happen in like uh, ancient Rome. And it used to be, it started as like a one day of feasting. And then it became like a week long, no rules, no consequences. Um, and so people would kind of do what they wanted. They would take, uh, take opportunities to get revenge. But it was just, I mean, it was a lot of drinking. It was a lot of partying. So obviously 
lots of drinking ends up with lots of accidents, ends up with fights, people were getting murdered. But then people, yeah, as it evolved, people started actually using it to take revenge. Um, but there was a whole lot of like reverse of social order where like children were told to disobey their parents and uh, slaves were freed and swapped places with their masters. And I hate using those, but obviously that was how it was at the time. Um, but then like even the wealthy would feed and pay the rent for the poor, poorer people. Um, but the reason it went on for like so long was because the people in charge and the I don't politicians or whatever they were called at the time wanted people to see that actually life was better under their rule because there was so much chaos during that week. Yes, it was fun for a week. If they live like that all the time, it wouldn't be peaceful. So they were like, see, it's better with us in charge. And then, yeah, it just like, there was always a bit of chaos and there was always like, even the people who were like the law and order and the courts were closed, well, they were all off duty. So if you did kill someone, you weren't gonna get punished because no one was about to punish you. So it was very, this very purge idea, well, they well purged all the idea from them where it was just like there was actually no consequences but it wasn't it wasn't even just that's interesting yeah and it wasn't even just in like ancient Rome I think they did it as well I think I saw somewhere in ancient Egypt uh, and ancient Greece also had like very similar ideas and then funny enough when Christianity kind of started coming into these countries it took over that uh that that week and actually because during that week they would decorate their home with green trees and during and that week eventually became like Christmas and but there was a few like things within that where like the big feast stayed and a few other things stayed. So it's very, I'm not saying that Christmas was the original purge. That is not it at all. This is a very, very, very brief blip. Saint Nick was... coming down your chimney <laughs> to uh, slay he was actually your kids. There. He was actually there to steal all the presents. Um, no, that's a very <laughs> brief look at what Saturnalia was. But it was just, it was really weird how like actually this has been part of our history. Hopefully it's not part of our future, but I like that. I like the discussions that it brings up. I like the the politics and the um, yeah the the social conversations that need to be had, and I like how it addresses that. So that's my fi- that was a very long final thought, but that was my final thought. Hey, Charlie, what about good. you? <laughs> <laughs> so I, as I said at the beginning, I thought it was a complete letdown. Um, it had so much potential with such a cool idea. Um, but yeah, as I said, it just got trigger happy. Um, however, it doesn't mean the entire film was a complete flop for me. Um, there were some bits that really stood out, which I thought was really clever. Um, there was one part where Ethan Hawke's character's walking down the hallway and he's looking at pictures of his daughter on the wall and his family and they're covered in blood, which I thought was a reference like that is basically what he's like trying to avoid, essentially. Mm. He doesn't want his kids still will be dying and like this like bit of um cinematography is basically hinting at it that they're all gonna die and that's when I thought okay like maybe he's gonna survive and then the rest of them gonna die um that was the only sort of like oh this could possibly happen Hmm. um and another thing I noticed as well was the use of the color blue um obviously the the flowers at the front of the house were blue but also all of the characters that supported the purge wore the colour blue as well. Mm. Um, apart from obviously Charlie, the the school kid, where he's in white, which is quite a neutral colour. Um, and I thought that was very clever of them to sort of fit in um, with the movie, with obviously the flowers symbolising were in support of it, and then to like subtly hint as like put in like a blue jumper on 
one of the characters and a blue tie on Ethan Hawke and th- these little things that we we see nowadays in in politics as well like we we know over here like Labour Party they wear red ties and uh, Tories that they wear blue ties um so I thought that was very cleverly done how they hinted that in and I think I even noticed um when they put in the code in on the security system the security system's blue as well like literally everything in support of the purge Mm. is blue um (laughs) but to have Charlie's character being like this neutral just all in white well white top and jeans um or black jeans I think it was it was really clever and I really liked the way that was done because it just puts in like these little subtle hints that the the film is a bit more clever than what the storyline is um and I think that the people who who put those little nods in like they deserve more recognition because Mm. that was that was great um and obviously, as I've just said, I, I big up Nathan Whitehead for the score of this because it is perfect. It fits it so well. And for me, really brought the, the film together. So, I mean, on a whole, it, it's not the best storyline, but it's also not the worst. So it's just a bit disappointing. What about you, Katie? Yeah, I think I think I'm like edging more to, towards you, Charlie, like with the whole, I feel like it was... It, it went, it was going a certain way at the beginning. And I think that uh, it was, it was certainly more political at the beginning. And then it kind of just kind of goes into this more home invasion thing. There's good kills and, you know, the ending, some things are a bit unpredictable, but apart from that, it doesn't massively offer anything new. But then I also do appreciate that it was the first one in the franchise. It was the one that kicked everything off and it did very well. the, the reviews weren't great, but it did very well in the box office and it, it makes a lot mm. of money, uh, especially for Blumhouse. And Blumhouse on its own, I mean, you've got like, um, Blumhouse have produced all, all four films. And I think that with Blumhouse, you've kind of got, it, it's, it's a, there's a divide in, 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 um, in the horror community with Blumhouse. I mean, they make absolutely terrible films, but then there's also those kind of like really good films that are, are introduced. I mean, you've got Get Out, Invisible Man, The First Paranormal Activity, like all of those sort of films. But then you've also got like, you know, the many insidious sequels and you have <laughs> Fantasy Island and everything else. Um, so I think when it came out, it, it divided fans maybe because it was another Blumhouse production. It was another maybe recycled horror thing that came out again and... Uh, maybe people didn't give it a chance but yeah it's uh it's not my favorite franchise ever it's certainly not my favorite really even like top 10 horror film but it's it's an interesting one to talk about and I think Mm. a lot of people think very different things about it right do we think we would survive purge night (laughs) (laughs) just silent not Um, with Ethan Hawke's security system we would not (laughs) I'm gonna straight up just say I wouldn't like if I was outside I wouldn't and even if I was inside like if somebody got in I wouldn't like I just don't see how I'd survive (laughs) but I I guess it's how many people have you pissed off that year that's the real question (laughs) um no but I just think when people go out to purge there you know there's a lot of intent and they tend to go out in groups and I mean, you see people like sharpening their knives and turning up with flamethrowers. And I'm just like, they're there to do a job. And I don't think they'd be happy just letting me live. So I think I think I'd have to say I wouldn't survive. 
I'd like to think um, I'd just go on holiday, but that's quite a privileged thing to just think yeah. you could do. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we can't go anywhere during uh, COVID anyway. That, yeah. Oh, my God. Can you imagine a COVID purge? <laughs> <laughs> you can't go out, but you can't go out. But you can't. Yeah. Just... <laughs> the most confusing purge ever. <laughs> All you can do is go online and hack each other. Like... <laughs> Yeah, you've got to purge from like a two meter distance. Yeah, <laughs> need a really long stick to poke each other with. <laughs> Javelin. Don't, don't forget your mask <laughs> and your hand sanitizer after every kill. <laughs> what about you, Charlie? You know what? I know last week I was like, I'm dead before the movie starts. I'm also dead this week as well. <laughs> like. <laughs> Um, it's a hard one to survive. <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, as long as I'm nice to people throughout the year, I mean, I've got a garden shed I can hide in. Like, as long as I don't, like, set fire to that, I'm okay, I reckon. I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. They, they fair wouldn't enough. look in the shed. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got no um, no windows on it, so uh, I don't know. I don't know, you know? It's a hard one. I try not to piss people off, so... Or well, now, at least, anyway. <laughs> I mean, previously in my <laughs> life, but maybe not that. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I'd be okay. I'd try to be okay. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, like do- you, Katie. Yeah, I think if I was outside, I don't, I don't know if I'd, I'd stand a chance. Um, uh, but maybe inside, I, I mean, I'd. I guess I try. I try. I, I'd give it a good go. I think that's what I said with Scream. I'll try. <laughs> it's the fault that counts. Yeah, I'll put up a fight. But um, yeah, I don't really have that much faith in myself um, this episode either. Uh, there will be an episode one day where we can all say we would Hell survive. Yeah. But um, I think I think this episode isn't the day that we. Uh, this episode yeah. isn't the one. I don't think. And as of yet, we've only come up against humans and like, we're still like, no. <laughs> I know, I know. Wait till we uh, we change it up a bit. All right, I've got oh, a bonus dear. one for you. What, assuming we were actual badasses and like huge terrifying people, what crime would you commit during Purge Night? I'd rob a bank. <laughs> or the Apple store and then flog it the next day. Katie? I reckon that'd be quite a good one. Make a profit. Oh my God, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, oh, you have to come back to me. What's yours, Tal? See, again, and this is where I ended up on the YouTube rabbit hole. I saw someone, and this is not necessarily what I would do, however, I might. Um, I'd like you'd get like some weird, badass converted uh ambulance with loads of, or, or no, sorry, a weird converted ice cream truck with a massive freezer in the back. And then the next morning, or like the last few hours of purge, the next morning, you just go out, you just go round the dead bodies, and you start harvesting the organs to sell them to, or to give them to hospitals to save people who are um, um, who need the organs. That <laughs> is one hundred percent what I not didn't think you were going to say. <laughs> you thought I was just going to steal an ice cream truck. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were going to put the dead bodies in the ice cream truck. Well, so, I mean, you know, I might. I might have to do that because I don't have the skill to remove the organs and them actually be usable. But it was funny how somebody genuinely had thought about this so hard that they were like, if you want to do a crime, but it's actually going to help people harvest the organs of the recently dead on the street and then give them to the hospitals who are going to be desperate for organs. I I have just thought of a (laughs) crime actually that I would commit. 
Go on him. And that would be driving because I obviously cannot drive because I haven't passed my test yet. <laughs> so I'd be driving to go and get a takeaway somewhere to then head back home. I don't think takeaways are going to be open on Birch <laughs> Mate, but delivery like drivers, they were, they've been going on throughout the pandemic. I don't think a Purge night is going to stop them. <laughs> if anything, I reckon there'll probably be some taxi drivers trying to run them down because they're all, always uh, arguing on roads in Brighton. So... Uh, Oh, or just go speeding just be like yeah, I just want to run a- <gasps> yeah I think oh. I'd speed or something I would do something like that like maybe go do you know what we should know? do we should break into 51 miles do you, know- <laughs> do you know what we should do though we should break into a theme park and just like enjoy all the roller coasters are like in the middle of the night no cues mm. although we might have cues because people but- might follow our genius idea that reminds me a bit like zombie land <laughs> oh, yeah yeah so what are we rating this spooks out of five Chantel? i would give it a three because as i've defended it so far tonight i think it uh addresses a lot of points i think it was very nothing else was like it and i think it does start a conversation so that's i will give cool. it a three okay okay katie i would give it a two and a half um i for my reasons really that i've said i think that it it has a good idea but I don't think it's the idea is is executed very well throughout the film, yeah. um, and I think they yeah they they cheap out a little bit towards <laughs> the end. So for that reason, it's a it's a two and a half for me, Charlie. Oh, I mean, I'm gonna give it a two, but I also want to give it a two and a half just because of how great <laughs> the score is to go along with it. A two and a quarter. <laughs> a two and a quarter. A two and a two point five. Okay. It, it, can, am I allowed that decimal? Is yes, that a, you is are. That it's Friday. Why not? <laughs> I mean, it's Monday by the time this comes out. Oh yeah, but... <laughs> it's our Friday. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. It's purge night. We can do what we want. Fuck the <laughs> rules. Um, oh my god. Yeah, I guess uh, a, a two and a quarter. Um, again, it it had such a good idea behind it, mm. um, but yeah, it just lets itself down. Fair enough. Yeah amazing uh thank you so much everyone for joining us and if you're still listening oh my god thank you so much for sticking around (laughs) this has been a very long one um but no amazing thank you for supporting us we'll be back again in two weeks but if you can't get enough of us before then follow us on instagram twitter facebook and give us a like and stars and reviews and all that on itunes uh, it really does help us if we, um, yeah, if we get all those ratings and stuff. Apparently, it has something to do with statistics, which really help us keep going forward. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. But we will release, we will let you know what the film will be next time if you want to watch it before you listen to the podcast. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Don't die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm sticking with it, man. <laughs>